Hi, I'm Cameron. And I'm Emily. I've never read Twilight before. And I've read the books too many times to count, but now we're reading them together. Welcome to Unbitten, a journey through the Twilight series. Hello, Emily. <laughs> Hi, Cam. Ooh, today. Today. We are back. I'm- I'm so caffeinated. And I, um, for legal purposes, have been drinking apple juice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's grown-up apple juice. But we are back. It Episode is time. for Yeah. Chapters 7 and 8. I'm so excited. These chapters were great. Yes. The best one so far, I would say. Yeah, it actually does get better as, as the book goes on, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I I would not necessarily say it's good. No, it's good better. that it gets better. Yes, <laughs> that's what yes, I mean. Yes, <laughs> like I'm Absolutely. glad that it improves and that I start getting used to the M dashes. I'll never get used to the M dashes. They make me mad. Well, anyway, <laughs> so chapter seven, nightmare. Ooh. <laughs> so. This is what I was talking about, about dreams having a big prevalence in this book and the series and having meanings. Yes. So this dream is she's in a familiar place, a green light of the forest, and this time she sees Jacob Black there and he's telling her to run, which of course is related to how he told her the story about the cold ones, the vampires, and so he's warning her to stay away. Yep. Um, Mike, Mike is also there. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's so great. It's so wonderful to me how irrelevant Mike is. <laughs> it really is. I do feel bad for him, but it's also really, really funny to me <laughs> that he's just so not relevant in her life at all. <laughs> But he appears in her dream, so, like, honorary mention? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's he's vibing in there somewhere, for sure. Yeah, he is there, and then Jacob's there, and suddenly he, did you catch this, falls to the floor, twitches on the ground, and in his place is a large wolf. What? Real Jacob subtle. Jacob might real, real possibly subtle. be a werewolf. What? That's crazy. The, Who the subtlety thought? of Steph's foreshadowing will really just <laughs> smack you in the fucking face. Yeah, right. It's like getting hit with that van that should have hit Bella. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so Edward's here Edward and, yeah. arrives. And ha, this is the first instance of him glowing, which <laughs> I got really excited about because I know that they sparkle. Which is interesting because she doesn't know about the sparkling thing. So it's interesting that in her dream, though, he's still glowing. So yeah. I guess that's her idea of what a vampire might look like. Yeah. You know, maybe she manifested it. <laughs> <laughs> Be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, really. <laughs> so then they have this exchange where she's, like, Edward is luring her and she's totally mm. buying into it. And the wolf is like, you dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But then she wakes up. um, Yeah. With those. Oh, she was listening to that weird album that Phil gave her. Oh, yeah. 
I like at first I was like, this is so random. I don't get it. But I was like, you know, it's a whiny, you know, emo, I don't know, metal band something. So I don't know why he would think that Bella would like that specifically. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing of the times, right? Yeah. It's 2005. I have yeah. no idea what was happening back there. I was playing with Polly Pockets at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was just beginning to go on the internet in the use of MSN Messenger. Oh my goodness. I was just like chewing the Polly Pocket clothes, being like, this tastes good. <laughs> Definitely not listening to this music. Yeah, nope, not not five-year-old me. That wasn't happening. So yeah, she wakes up in the middle of the night. Well, I guess it's early morning, 5.30 in the morning. And she tries to go back to sleep, but all she's thinking about is, of course... The stories that Jacob told her is Edward a vampire. What does this mean? Because as we discussed before, she spent the whole ride home just trying not to think about anything. Right. (laughs) And the whole exercise with the CD was to try not to think about anything at all. Right. I also cannot believe that she slept the entire night in her jeans. Oh, God, I know. What What was the style like in 2005? Were people wearing skinny jeans? Uh, no, definitely not. Oh, uh, I don't know was, anything. It was the, like, I guess you call them, like, the flare bottom jeans. Okay, that's better. I, I was worried, but, you know, that's yeah. still bad. <laughs> Any kind, type of jeans. They're still jeans either way. Yeah. Um, I would have woken up after, like, an hour tops and been like, yeah. holy fuck. I would have been, like, sweating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's basically, again, trying to distract herself whatever possible, which I think is wild. So, I, she, you know, oh she's God. doing the CD thing. She's trying to, like, you know, take as long as possible in the bathroom. She's trying. She makes her bed because she's like, I don't know. I need to do something so I don't think about this. But, like, why Can not? Can you imagine? I cannot. I would be thinking about that immediately. I mean, like, even with the end of the last episode, we talked at the end of the last chapter, how, like, she didn't think about it when she was on the car ride home. I would already be processing it at that point. Like, I wouldn't be yeah. able to put that away. So her ability to compartmentalize is low-key really impressive. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's her daddy issues. I'm not sure. <laughs> I Maybe. Who knows? Because <laughs> I think she mentions that she's, like, good at car... Com- I can't say words. Uh, she's good at putting things in boxes in her mind and not thinking about them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So eventually she, you know, dials up her computer, which, uh, 2005... Uh. Oh, the internet. (laughs) And she literally just Googles or, you know, whatever search engine. Quote unquote favorite search engine. (laughs) Which I want to know what that was at that time. Like, what was. I I don't know what her fave would have been in 2005 in Washington. I was using Google in 2005. Google existed. Maybe she just didn't want to, like, put the name down and. I think she just didn't want to put it down. Maybe it's the idea that, like, you don't want to age something by specifically naming it. But, um, yeah, I know. (laughs) That really doesn't work out at all. (laughs) So then she literally types one word, vampire, which is ridiculous. That's ridiculous to me. That is the whole internet. And she's like, ugh, there's so much to sift through from movies and stuff. And I'm like, you could have just, like, looked up information on vampires or something like that. Instead of literally just vampire, no plural, nothing else. Just the word. Yeah, Whatever. it's really bad, like, uh, just research skills. <laughs> I know. I mean, she's 17. She must have done at least, like, a research paper by now, you know? Y- you'd think. 
So she goes through a bunch of different types of vampires on this website she finds. And that's Which I actually find found fascinating. Super interesting. It was kind of like Stephanie Myers, like, look, I did research. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit of that, but it's still interesting. No, yeah, I definitely thought it was super cool. And then she settles on oh, the yeah. uh, Stragoni Benefici, which is just the pasta vampire. That's what um, I said! I literally <laughs> have a note here that says, sounds like pasta! I, I have a note that says, ah, yes, the pasta vampires. Oh my god, we're twins. the same person. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Ugh. Well, yeah, so Italian vampire, which... Okay, this is a cliche. Like, I need to know if this is real. Said to be on the side of goodness and a mortal enemy of all evil vampires. Did Steph make this up? I have no idea. I feel like if I were to Google that, you would just find stuff from Twilight by now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's a... I don't know about the source of this, but I'm going to trust it for now because I don't want to research any further. So I use the website Quora, which is just people asking questions and other people answering. (laughs) Um, it says, in fiction, what kind of vampire is the Stragoni Benefici? Like my Italian accent there? I went that was to Italy hot. last summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a Twilight vampire, or more correctly, a Stephanie Meyer vampire. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so maybe she made that up. I don't know what that means in Italian. Can you look that up? Oh, I can. Uh, I should know this. I sing in Italian often. <laughs> Yeah. Benefici is obviously, like, well-intentioned. Oh, this or... is funny. It's, it translates to beneficial sorcerers. <laughs> <laughs> You're a wizard, Edward. Yeah, basically. Uh, what happens next? Oh, she's just complaining that, like, nothing really lines up with Jacob's stories, which is kind of funny because of the fact that, like, literally Stephanie Meyer just totally made up this whole lore herself. So it's yes. like, yeah, of course you're not finding anything because no one has ever written vampire lore like this before, <laughs> ever. She decides to go on a walk, sits on a log, she does, and has which this she really notices, intense contemplation. She notices has recently fallen. She could tell because there was no moss growing on it yet. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I guess I just Ugh. really hate, like, nature description. I'm like, I literally don't care. You're sitting on a log. Like, whatever. I don't like this sort of nature description. I liked the stuff about it not changing for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked that idea that she was much more willing and susceptible to these fantastical ideas because she was in this murky woods that just seems like it's been the same for thousands of years. I really liked that. But a lot of this stuff is just like, there's moss. It's green. There's well, okay, some rain. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the line that I don't like, and I realized exactly why I don't like it is because it's um, bracketed by two M dashes. <laughs> so it says That's a recently why. fallen tree M dash. I knew it was recent because it wasn't entirely carpeted in moss. M dash rested against the trunk of one of her sisters, creating a sheltered little bench just a few safe feet off the trail. So that's why I hate that sentence. Curse. Good. Okay, Cursed. so that, that is not, like, you know, the worst use of an M-dash, but it's still, she uses them way too much, and so every time I see one, I just want to scream. That's exactly <laughs> it. It's not that it's a bad use, I just don't care. Yep, fair. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she starts uh, thinking, you know, what if Jacob was saying the truth? <laughs> and immediately she's like, uh, no, 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 can't be possible. Yeah, no. fuck that. <laughs> 
But then, how was I alive at this moment? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This is where she realizes... I mean, I guess she's always known this all along, but she does come to the conclusion, like, definitely not human, which is true. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't see all of that and think, oh, yeah, they're just a normal person. So she lists, like, eye color shifting, impossible speed. <laughs> she describes inhuman <laughs> beauty, which I'm not sure how you can quantify that, but... Yeah, all right, I don't know. I accept this premise. Uh, then Now she even starts to click a couple more details together, like how they never seemed to eat, the grace which which they moved. And the and reason a... they didn't go to the beach. Yep. Um, and the, he skipped class the day they did blood typing. Right. Good for her. She's yeah, really she's, putting it together. Good old Scooby-Doo style. Mm-hmm. But then she contemplates whether that means he's bad or not. And she really comes to the conclusion that, I mean, he's sp- he saved her life, so how can she really say that he's sinister in any way? I don't know. She's, like, still kind of contemplating that. But she clearly is not afraid of him. I mean, she talks about in the dream how she wasn't afraid that the wolf would be hurt. She was afraid that Edward would be hurt. Yep. And to her, I don't know if it's to her credit, but... I get why she, like, she has no real reason to be afraid of him. Like, he hasn't done anything to her at all. Yeah. This is, I mean, hey, you know what? This is great. She's not, like, going off of the stereotypes. She's like, this guy was great to me. Why would I think he's bad just because he's a vampire? She goes back, and I, this is my second gene-based gripe. She says she got dressed for the day in jeans and a t-shirt because she was staying indoors. What? She was staying inside, so she put on jeans? I don't get this. It's crazy, but when I look back to, like, middle school, high school days, I did just wear jeans on, like, a weekend. That's upsetting to me. It's really weird, but that was just, like, normal. I don't know. Leggings weren't popular yet. Hmm. I would just, like, I mean... Leggings or sweatpants or shorts or anything? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I remember... I mean, there were some days that I did definitely just put on sweatpants, and it was like, I'm going to play Sims all day, so I'm putting (laughs) sweatpants on. Yes! Uh, But, I don't know. I feel like I also equally would, if I was getting dressed for the day, like, just, okay, jeans and a t-shirt, whatever. I don't know. That is wild. I'm just thinking about, like, now. Like, I'm 20. We're in quarantine. I, if I put on pants, I'm having a good day, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, the biggest complaint that I've had with the lab being open and being able to go back to work is the fact that I have to put pants on. Ugh. It's truly such tragic. A drag. And, like, a bra, too. Ugh. Don't even, don't even, even say that worse. word to me. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Cursed word. We won't, mm-hmm. we won't say it again. Yeah. Um, where am I? I totally lost my place here. We are back at her working on her paper, and then she goes outside and falls asleep. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah, I, I mean, I get so it. Funny. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, there's a, a mention of the, the title of the book. <gasps> I noticed that. the rain that. made it dim as twilight under the canopy. Yeah, roll credits, right? Like, we're yeah, done. <laughs> you did it. You got the name of the book in the book. Yeah, she also... You know, she talks to Charlie a little bit, and she has this kind of sweet moment with him where she notices a bit of 
the young man who had run away with his with her yeah. mom. Which is just super sweet. I'm so glad that she that Stephanie Myers didn't do the whole really bad step like really bad father thing. Like she definitely has a bad relationship with him just because they've been so separated, but he's not a bad guy. He's objectively nice. <laughs> Did you read my comment in the chat? Because I literally said I'm so glad Stephanie Meyer didn't do the thing where with the bad stepdad trope. <laughs> like Maybe I that's, literally said I, that. I probably word just internal I mean I think I just internalized it and then said it. Probably. So that's all credit to you, but I <laughs> just forgot. <laughs> but no, I agree with that. Well yeah, obviously because it's your thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. I agree with myself, obviously. Yep. Good job past me. <laughs> No, but, like, I really like it because, you know, maybe they don't have a perfect relationship and they're working on it, but, you know, he's trying his best. Maybe, you know, he's not around all the time, but it works for them. Like, they're both quiet people. They're both independent. You know, she cooks dinner for him. He really appreciates it. Like, you can tell. I don't know. I think they just have, like, a really sweet relationship, and I really like it. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's good. I mean, of course... He's still a cop, so that's something to consider. But um, yeah. besides that, you know, I think he's pretty neat. <laughs> so she goes to school. Uh, high school. <laughs> as, as happens in every chapter, yep. Bella goes to school. Wow, but riveting. I like it because uh, she's, like, chilling outside. She's so happy that the sun's out. Look how drastically her mood changes when the sun is out. Like, I know. It's almost as if seasonal depression is a thing mm, yeah mm. Might be it. so our boy mike is back at it again with the white vans um no oh. he's back at it again with the flirting isn't he in khakis and a rugby shirt he's back at it again yeah. in the khaki shorts and a striped rugby shirt you yeah. know he had to do it to him you know he had to do it to him oh my god stop you're right <laughs> <laughs> mike uh. is that boy um, and then we have a moment of like peak 2000s feminism i i made that note too (gasps) oh my goodness (laughs) we're twinning so hard right now we really are yeah so she mentions that the topic of her essay was whether shakespeare's treatment of the female characters is misogynistic which is like i am happy for her and i'm glad she's doing this but it is like a very basic um feminist argument it's and just, is this misogynistic or not? Which the answer is yes. Yes, but... and then say more, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, of course, Mike, because he's a teen boy who does not care or does not read. know, I don't just looks reads. at her. Yeah, I don't think he reads. He definitely doesn't read in English. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks at her like, quote, I had just spoken in pig Latin, which yep. is hilarious yeah i don't think he expected such a a well-formed thought to come out of her mouth i guess yeah right or it's just like this stephanie was really like guys boys aren't smart and boys aren't feminists write that down (laughs) like is she wrong though yeah no to be honest guys learn your feminism (laughs) intersectional feminism thank you very much Thank you very much. All right. So he asks her out again. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! He needs. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting annoyed with him now. But yeah. I will say that 
Bella is an incredible friend when she tries. I know. She couldn't remember uh, Jessica's name when she first met her, but now she's immediately like, no, I'm going to hook my girl up right now. Yeah, and she is being a wonderful friend to obviously Jessica and to Mike because she's not just turning him down. She's Mm -hmm. also saying, she's explaining what is happening and she's, you know, giving him some ideas and pointers in the right direction. Yeah. Which is great. And it we see, like, later that obviously it's starting to work out, which is just, I think that's great. <laughs> no, I do too. Because in the previous chapters, like, we've seen how she's like, oh, like, now it's back to the struggle of how can I make Jessica happy while also making sure Mike is happy. Right. And, like, she finally just got to the root of it and said, hey, dude, I'm really not interested in you. But, you know, Jessica really is. Why don't you give her a shot? And he's just like. Exactly. Uh, anyway good job bella poor mike but you know you've got jessica it's gonna be fine yep so she goes through class there's a mention of a shopping trip and also the cullens aren't there today none of them and she Hmm. felt The first true tingle of fear slithered down her spine. So she looks over and the whole table is empty. And obviously, my theory is that, you know, the sun's out. They're going to be too obviously sparkling. They need to hide. Duh. Do you you feel proud of yourself for that theory? I'm, I'm super proud of myself. I feel like I really reached the highest potential of my brain capacity. Um... And I, I would like to be called. For a, today? I would like, yeah, I would like to be called a genius from now on. Thank you. Absolutely not. Not Ooh, okay. That's valid. Knock me down a few pegs. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> yeah, super obvious. It's sunny out. Hmm. The Cullens aren't here. Hmm. Weird. And and they're just she, like, yeah, they just, you know, they just, they just. They beast. go hiking and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she says she feels panic in her stomach. And I don't get the impression that she skipped lunch this time, so that's progress for her. Proud of her. Good job. Yeah, getting Uh, rid of those um, mentions of skipping meals to young teens reading this. mm -hmm. Glad we're not doing that right now. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Especially early 2000s. Yikes. Yoinks. She goes to gym. Gym is a nightmare. Oh, Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. No. No, we need to stop. What? Because... Listen, in gym, we had a lecture on the rules of badminton, the next torture they had lined up for me. The best part was the coach didn't finish, so I got another day off tomorrow. How many rules are in badminton? I know! I put this in all caps in my notes, how many rules are in badminton? Because, and also, how long are their class periods? Because I think, I feel like I remember her saying that it was like an hour long. Earlier that's, that all the class periods were, like, it's either, like, 45 minutes to an hour long, right? Like, that makes the most sense. I've been assuming that, because I think she has, like, so she has trig, Spanish, biology, English, gym. I yeah. think those are her classes. Pretty so much. about 45 minutes, or I guess an hour each makes sense, because then one hour for lunch, six hours school day. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I cannot believe that badminton would take that long to explain that it would take up literally two class periods so i looked up the rules of badminton (laughs) oh my god oh my god kim (laughs) i don't have i don't have an in-depth thing of this but it's like 
I looked up this rule book thing on a badminton site, and it's, like, maybe two pages long. <laughs> and I'm mad, because that's, this is the most unrealistic part of this book so far, including the vampires. That Did... The fact that this would take two gym classes to explain yeah. the laws of badminton. You know, I feel like I read this and also had the same thought, and then I just passed over it, because I'm like, it's not important. But at the it's same important time, to it's me. It's stupid. <laughs> It's important to me. <laughs> I, I, it makes me wonder, Steph, have you been to gym class before? Do Mormons have gym? I don't know. Did she That's go to a, a Mormon question. school? I Maybe. Don't know. Mm. Did, was she homeschooled? Maybe. Maybe. Who's to say? <laughs> but the um, thing is, too, at least in our gym classes, I don't even remember having a lecture about rules for stuff. We just started <laughs> playing the game. That's so true. Like, it was maybe tops three minutes of them being like, yeah, a ball, a stick, hit it, and then you just do it. Yeah, it was like, okay, we're playing basketball today. Like, there's this many people on a team. This is worth two points. This is worth three points. Go. <laughs> and sometimes you didn't even get that like i definitely did not learn how many points you got in basketball for different things i they mean just i like, feel like grab I a penny have... and then go <laughs> but i definitely just made up the points now because i don't care about basketball uh i don't really care about any um team that's based upsetting. sports that's upsetting to me that you started out with disliking basketball because that's the only one i care about <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one i care about i love basketball but yeah, but anyway, badminton is like, yeah, badminton is the easiest sport out there. Like, I looked forward to badminton in class because it requires no athletic ability whatsoever. Yeah. it There's no rules. There's really no rules. There's two pages. So this is hilarious. It is definitely on the easy side. So I just do not get this. Yeah. Homeschool confirmed. 100%. So she finishes school and then she goes home. Uh, and... Jessica calls to say that Mike asked her out to dinner. So, yay. yay. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that has been resolved. She emails her mom. Which I, do, uh, okay, I'm realizing that I just do not care about the mom narrative at all. Yeah, I just I do not like, care. You know what I just realized now, as you said that, is I feel like Steph, our friend Steph, also didn't care about the mom, but, like, every once in a while she would, mem- she would remember, like, oh, shit, Bella has a mom. And then she'd <laughs> randomly be like, oh, L- Bella emails her mom, because she loves her very much. Right. So then she- oh, th- okay, so I got this wrong. It wasn't earlier, but it's now that she goes outside and falls asleep? Yes. It happened here, not the day before. So then she, like, is trying to read books, but all of <laughs> the books have... <laughs> characters named edward or edmund or something close enough that she can't like not think about edward <laughs> so she just gives up and like tries to space out and just ends up falling asleep but did you notice here this was actually something i didn't pick up which why would i because i was kind of i don't know i was dumb back then now i'm actually <laughs> reading like with pay- close attention um she says weren't there any other names available in the late 18th century <gasps> This is some insight into how old he is. Yeah, it really makes you wonder, like, hmm, she's pointing out the 18th century as, you know, these classic names. I wonder why he has hmm. such a name. All of this makes so much sense. And the Debussy, it's fine. <laughs> like, he's a little he's a little later, but, you know. <laughs> You're I'm putting it together. It. Big brain, okay. So, yeah, she falls asleep. She falls asleep, wakes up, is a parent, because she... 
is like, oh, I'm so sorry about not making dinner. And then she makes dinner and she also, you know, prepares to set up dinner for him tomorrow when she's not there. Yeah. Which is just, she's such a mom. (laughs) Yeah, there was a moment where I was kind of like, ooh, like, this is so, like, weird because, you know, you're the kid, like, you don't have to do this. But at the same time, she genuinely seems to like to. Like, she's worried about him and, like, eating the same thing all the time because he points out for 17 years I've been feeding myself. Right. I'm fine. But she's like, no, like, I want to take care of you. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of nice. Like, she shouldn't have to, but I think it's her way of showing affection. Yeah. It's definitely sweet, but it also, you can totally see how this stemmed from, you know, her mother is, has always been, you know, quote unquote, young for her age. Mm -hmm. Um, And she seemed to have always had to take care of her mom in some capacity as well. So it totally makes sense that she slips into a motherly role again when she's with Charlie, which is vaguely concerning, but at the same time, like, it's harmless enough and she seems to enjoy it that, you know, it's not, it's not so terrible. It's not expected. But it's like, like, please, can Bella be a child? (laughs) Like, like, she apologized and he's like, it's fine, like, don't worry about it. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything from you. So, I don't know, it's not this expectation that she's going to, but she seems to like to like I don't know she doesn't she never complains about it like there's never an internal monologue of ugh I have to make dinner like I don't know right for her I guess she's just used to it like that's just her routine so I don't know it's a bit I mean yeah it just speaks to the fact that she was the parent her whole life so right yeah so then the chapter pretty much ends with her going back to she goes to school the next day and they're gonna go on this shopping trip that they talked about and so it pretty much ends off on them uh, heading out for this trip. And she's really excited about being able to leave Forks, which is great. Did you, did you notice that, uh, so she planned her arrival to school so that she barely had time to make it to class. And I think that it's because she didn't want to, like, spend time waiting to see if Edward was going to show up or not. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was because wondering why she did that. Now because I see. she says, like, with a sinking heart, I circled the full lot looking for a space while also searching for the silver Volvo that was clearly not there. Because so it was sunny didn't wanna, again. Like, yeah, she definitely didn't want to, like, show up early, get really hopeful that she's going to see Edward, and then be disappointed that after waiting for, like, half an hour that he doesn't show up. Right. So, uh, did we, have we talked about the silver Volvo thing again? at all i don't think we've we've talked about this enigma of the silver volvo (laughs) um just like the fact that it is a silver volvo and that it's weird it like sticks out in forks yeah so the funny thing about this and maybe i'm just stupid but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anything about cars so when the whole silver volvo thing and like she always calls it like the stupid shiny silver volvo (laughs) at the beginning it made me think that it was like i don't know some nice car i guess (laughs) And so when it finally showed up in the movie, and like, I just looked it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a it's like a soccer mom car. Yeah, it's not a cute car. It's not sexy. It's not like a hot shot cool Cause car. Because what, what he should have is some like nineteen fifties. Like I'm thinking the car that they have in Supernatural. Oh, yeah, the... What's it oh, called? Shit. Expose I yourself. Know this. <laughs> I know, I know, I should know this. It's like the 1969... 1969- oh, my God, it's going to bother me, too. Oh. Hold on. No, I need to Google it. I'm so mad at myself. Chevy Impala. The Impala! The 67 Impala, okay. 67 Thank Impala, God. right. 
yeah he should have something like that (laughs) (laughs) he should have something like similar to that it should be that kind of vibe honestly you're really right Um, it's upsetting that he doesn't have that yeah yeah so i was supremely disappointed like did i ever think to google what a volvo looked like no i just trusted that s meyer wasn't gonna do me dirty and she gave edward a nice car no but she gives him a a volvo which is the weirdest thing (laughs) i think so like also because of the fact that she says it sticks out so i i assumed in my head i'm like oh it must be a nice car and that's why it's so weird that it stands out but i guess the only thing about it that makes it stand out is that it's like not a hand-me-down right because everybody else is like driving like you know a third generation beater of a car and he's driving a new silver volvo but it's a volvo (laughs) it's definitely not nice so yeah that's his iconic car that she chose for him (laughs) that's That's gonna appear in the rest of the series this that sucks so bad i'm thinking about it now and i'm thinking about the fact that i'm gonna have to deal with the silver volvo for the next like three books or however long this is oh okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so crisis uh we've gone through it we've gone through all the five stages of grief uh Mm -hmm. let's go on to chapter eight poor angelus so jessica mentions that her dinner with mike went really well which is so sweet and i'm glad that it's happening for them so i have a note here okay and i just think this is weird wording it's been a while since i've had a girl's night out and the estrogen (laughs) rush was invigorating (laughs) Oh my goodness, you're... I just don't like that. So, it reminded me exactly, because this sounds like something my boss would say, which is uh, an old white man, Mm -mm. Um, and so whenever, like, he'll come into the office looking to, like, talk to somebody about some project idea he has or something, and if a bunch of girls are in there, like, chatting with each other, he'll say, oh, you know, there's a lot of estrogen in the room right now, I might come back later. (laughs) And I'm like, ah, why are you mentioning yeah. estrogen at all? It's so, ugh. Like, it's it's a very oddly transphobic thing, right? Like, it that's, is. that's Because it's, like, this idea of, you know, paring down women hormone. to being chemical, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's, like, a radical feminism thing of, like, oh, you know, I'm just so charged by all the feminine energy with me, like, all the estrogen. It's just, like, ew. That's not what makes a woman a woman. Exactly. And it's, uh, I do, I think I, I definitely see what she was trying to get at, but it definitely wasn't successful. And the idea of narrowing it down to just being a chemical thing makes it pretty transphobic. Agreed. Let's move on from that, accepting mm-hmm. that maybe a little transphobic. Um, Mike and Jessica had a date and it went well. Great. Also, I noted that they were listening to whiny rock songs and I'm like, <laughs> emo, pop, punk. 2005 vibes yes. telling me it's my chemical romance i'm happy <laughs> the i also is that's the weirdest thing too because it's jessica's car and i cannot believe that jessica listens to mcr that she just doesn't seem like the type but like oh, she's such a prep exactly she's such a prep so i was just so shocked but you know what maybe she has her like guilty like love yeah i mean it. everybody has a little guilty pleasure maybe it's fallout boy maybe it's panic at the disco <laughs> You know, there's something for everyone out there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So this whole scene just made me so nostalgic. I don't know why, but this scene just... Maybe it's also because I just haven't seen people in forever because I've been in my home for the last three months. But, like, oh my goodness, it makes me so nostalgic for, like, 
especially in the end of last chapter too, like for high school English and reading Macbeth and Jane Austen and also going out to shop with your friends for outfits for dances. It's just, and like that energy around going to a dance and the lead up to a dance. And it just made my heart like so warm. And even though I'm only, you know, a couple years out of high school myself, like I still am already so like nostalgic for that very pure energy of just like, looking for a a dance outfit yeah part of it is just that you know simpler times like i was just thinking about that too like i i have specific memories of going out with like a couple of my girlfriends and just being like we're gonna get dresses for the semi-formal coming up and we just try on dresses together and it was like it was such a like affirming moment of just being like oh yeah like that one looks so good on you oh no you look so good and it's just like <laughs> i don't know it was just it's just really nice yeah it's it's super cute girl friendships um, are nice yes and i mean of course we've talked about lauren but the fact that she's not there does make it better yeah <laughs> um we don't have like that caddy Speaking um, of Lauren, yeah, we get an answer for why she was being so catty. Which at least there's a reason, okay? Yeah. That makes me happy. So the reason being that Tyler's been telling everybody, even though he seems to be having a thing with Lauren right now, that he's taking Bella to the prom. <laughs> Which, what? <laughs> it was a one-off comment when right, cause I remember he asked that. her to the dance and says, I was wondering if you want to go to the dance with me and she says i'm not going and he says that's okay we'll still have prom and she doesn't and she's like ah ha ha what and then he yeah, leaves she doesn't confirm she doesn't, it no she doesn't she never says like haha yeah she just goes what <laughs> <laughs> so he's been saying that and you know luckily uh everyone's you know seems to be approving that bella isn't you know secretly having a fling with tyler behind lauren's back right uh so they can laugh about that yeah, so hopefully that'll be better. And this is, again, Bella being a great friend with her complimenting the girls on their outfits yeah. and everything. And she's starting to feel like she likes Angela a little bit more. Like, she's realizing that maybe she can have a true friendship with her. Mm-hmm. Which I just think this is super cute. They have the same kind of, like, I hate to say vibe all the time, but they do. Like, they're both, like, more like the quiet type. They're happy to, like, sit in silence for a little bit longer that everything has to be like talking you know 90 miles an hour constantly so i don't know i think it's cute but also i just need to say i was reading this and i read it wrong so i thought that when she was complimenting angela it said uh it brought out her honey tits (laughs) and i was like her what (laughs) her tits and then i read it again i was like oh no the tints in her hair the tints anyway uh i also think this is cute because she's trying to ask angela a question she like chickens out at first but then she's like doing um angela is it um is it normal that that the cullens are out of school a lot yeah (laughs) and she's doing and she's doing like that thing where the the shy girls do where she puts her like her toes toward each other and she puts her hands together and like the pointy thing (laughs) like that tiktok trend she's doing exactly that definitely (laughs) but it's nice because angela just answers the question no further comments like she doesn't ask why she wants to know she just goes yep they go backpacking all the time they're real outdoorsy and then she moves on yep and i don't know i think that's nice for them i'm glad yeah she picked the right person to ask because jessica would have gotten all like 
you know, trying to get all the, the hot gossip mm-hmm. out of her. Then they're going to go to get dinner, but they are done early, so Jess and Angela decide to go walk down by the boardwalk, but Bella wants to find a bookstore, and she insists on going alone. Like, she does not let them go with her, which, oh my goodness, you're a 17-year-old girl, you should know better. You're in a town you don't know. You should know not to ever go anywhere alone when you're a teen girl. Also, isn't it really hilarious how suddenly she realizes that bookstores can be in other towns aside from Seattle? Oh my god. (laughs) (sighs) But she still needs to go all the way to Seattle and can't go to Olympia or somewhere else. Well, Or Olympia. I don't know what that town, I don't know what that city's called. So she finds the bookstore, but doesn't go in because... It looks like a hippie bookstore. (laughs) Which I'm so upset about because she should absolutely go in there. That lady sounds so cool. Like, that's a witch. She probably would have found exactly, like, a vampire lore book if she had gone in there. Right? Like, if she wanted to, like, find a book about vampires, that's where you go to find one. Mm-hmm. She could have chatted with a witch and had she fun. She could have. Yeah. Like, ugh, whatever. So she doesn't do that, which is a missed opportunity, but whatever. <laughs> Instead, she gets lost, which is <sighs> kind of a mood. I mean, the fact that she went alone, she doesn't have Google Maps on her phone, because it's 2005. Right, and, and we know that she doesn't she doesn't have very good direction, because, you know, Steph established that in the last chapter. Good on Steph. Yep, and she looks up to see someone's silver Volvo parked along the street, and hmm. then she realizes how sad she is that he has been away from school all this time, and she seems to have it in her head that because he's away from school, that also means that he's going to ditch her for the Seattle trip. Which I don't necessarily get the full connection of that. Like, I think it's just that like teenage yeah. anxiety. I think yeah, you can pretty much true. chalk it up to that. She doesn't want to get her hopes up because she's like, oh, like he's been away all this time. Like, what if he's still away on Saturday? Like, and he hasn't talked to me. He hasn't called me. Like, I don't even know if they have each other's phone numbers at this point. They definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, de- no, definitely not. Does he have a phone? That's a question. Anyway, That's a question. <laughs> And then she gets in some trouble. Some serious trouble. Some guys. Yep. This shit is real. She runs into four guys and they start basically catcalling her. And she starts walking faster. Just like, I'm just going to ignore them. Get away. But the problem is she doesn't know where she is. So as she keeps walking, she's getting into like a more and more isolated part of town instead of towards people. And she realizes that they're following her. This is all of my fears recognized. <laughs> yeah. In this, this is moment. scary. This is really scary. And she goes, I know exactly where my pepper spray is. Still in my duffel bag under the bed. Never unpacked. Ugh, fear. Oh, real fear. She's the daughter of a cop. Where's your pepper spray? I know. Like, this is the <sighs> one moment where I'm like, hey, your dad is a cop. You, you, <laughs> you might have your pepper spray with you, I would think. But, right. you know, I don't want a victim blame. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not on her, because even if she's lost, she does not deserve to be followed by creepy guys. Right. Definitely not. No, no one does. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is happening, and she gets followed for a while, and she thinks she's able to get away, but then she realizes not only is she being followed from behind, but two more guys have cut her off on the yeah. other side, which this is, is... true fear. Ugh. This oh is my scary. Like, this, this is, is this is scarier than any vampire. Right, and she, she, there's the line where I realized I wasn't being followed, I was being herded, which, 
<laughs> that that line alone hit me so hard. Just even the fact that like it's on its own, like its own paragraph is this new line, just I was being herded. Right. That I don't know, it sent chills through me. Definitely. I could see myself in this position, like I don't know what I would do because, you know, they call after her and she stops and she starts thinking like, oh, I'll try and scream. But then her throat is dry and this like this is panic that's setting in. Mm-hmm. And she says, stay away from me. But, you know, her throat was dry, so it doesn't come out very like strong. <laughs> There's no volume to it. And ew, he says, don't be like that, sugar. Uh. welcome to our puking asmr podcast yeah thanks (laughs) i'm sure everybody enjoyed that and so there's this part where she starts trying to remember self-defense that she's learned which on one hand good for her like she's thinking okay self-defense what do i know how do i do this you know heel of the hand you know break the nose knee to the groin but she doesn't actually do anything and so Here's where I have to admit, when I was younger, I kind of rolled my eyes at this because I'm like, just start screaming, do something, like run, nothing, but all she's doing is standing there. And on one hand, it's like, yeah, she's the protagonist. How come she's not being a protagonist and actively (laughs) doing something? But then I thought, this is actually realistic because if I'm putting myself in that situation, I would be frozen. I wouldn't, I don't think that I would just start screaming right away. I think I'd be standing there as they got closer going, what do I do? What do I do? Can I do self-defense? Can I run away? Where would I go? What can I do? And as you're doing that, they're getting closer and closer. Right. Exactly. And of course, like, maybe there are some people who would, like, you know, I'm loud already, so, like, I would probably yell, but, like, that is just, like, how my reaction is, and that's not how everyone is, and that's, yeah. of course, I also don't know, like, what would I do if I'm in that, like, complete panic situation? Maybe I wouldn't, even though I think I would. It's so easy to look at that and say, well, I would do this, but if you've never been there, you don't know. Like, you exactly. might panic, you might freeze up. And also, yeah, of course, like, maybe there is stuff that she could have done, but, you know, ultimately, of course, this is these Not guys' fault. fault. Yes. Yep. <laughs> like, cannot make that clear enough. Absolutely. Like, whatever she does or doesn't do, it's not on her for how she reacts, because they're at fault. They stalked her. They're stalkers. Yep. yep. Uh, but, but then, luckily. to the rescue... <laughs> Yeah, boy. Rolls this up. car. Yep. And his soccer mom. Volvo. Volvo. <laughs> soccer mom to the rescue. Yeah, truly. And as soon as she hears his voice, she's she's good. She's she feels fine. She's comfortable. She jumps in the seat, and immediately like calm washes over her. She feels secure. Yeah. Which like I kind of felt in that moment too. I'm like, oh thank God it didn't. You know, nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, of course, I saw this coming from a mile away. Even if, like, she hadn't mentioned, you know, that there was a Volvo in the area. Like, (laughs) it's still, it's totally that trope of, like, she's about to get attacked and then somehow, mystically, magically, he comes and saves her. Damsel in distress. Classic. Yeah. But it's definitely still a very good thing that that happened, obviously. (laughs) And I'm very, I was relieved, definitely. definitely. I don't think it was a bad portrayal of the damsel in distress trope because, like, sometimes it makes, you know, the girl in a situation seem weak in some way. But, like, in this, it's not. It's like, no, like, these guys are dickhead creeps. Uh, right. And I don't know. I feel like it's a realistic situation. It's really scary. And I like the use of the damsel in distress here because he was there to save her. Good job, Eddie. 
Yeah. So then Edward almost commits vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Love that for him. <laughs> but I think this is... It's, first of all, so fanficy. Like, I was cringing, but at the same time, I was just like, oh, shit, this is kind of cute. <laughs> cringing, but also thriving. Yeah, like, he's clearly, I mean, it says he's murderously angry, but then he asks her to distract him. And she, you know, just starts thinking about something inconsequential, and she starts talking about Tyler and the prom, and it, like, starts to calm him down more. I think that's really cute because, A, he knows that, like, Bella has, like, a bit of a tendency to be able to babble about anything. <laughs> and, B, he knows that, like, in her doing that, he's going to be more focused on her and be able to be distracted. Right. Which, okay, of course, like, he talks right after this about how he has a, sometimes has a problem with his temper, which, you know, is, like, that's a red flag. But also I, the way... I wrote that. I wrote red flag and highlighted that. Yeah. But also, to be fair, the way he communicates and the way he calms that and tries to control it, you know, he's doing his best. I mean, given the fact that he's hundreds of years old, presumably, like, you'd think he would have gotten a little bit better by now. <laughs> But, like, at the same time... But is he stuck in a 17-year-old brain that is forever hormonal? Who's to say? So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it doesn't matter how old he gets. Maybe he's stuck that way. <laughs> yeah. And I do definitely think for someone who's supposed to, you know, at least supposed to be 17, this is definitely a very mature way of communicating this. And I was actually pretty surprised. Um, and I was like, oh, this is how I know this is fiction, because a man is communicating. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have a good point, because at first I was like, oh, you know, I, sometimes I have a problem with my temper, big red flag. But then, as, like, you've said to me, but he explains that and handles it pretty well, I'm like, you know what, you're actually right. There's nothing immediately wrong with having a bad temper. Some people do. It's about how you handle it that actually matters. Exactly. I, I personally have a temper like not so do I. an aggressive temper oh my god we're the same person yeah obviously <laughs> like not an aggressive temper but like like a i just get angry I, and like i get yep. irritated and so i definitely like, push me like, to a want... limit and i will snap yeah exactly so i i do like that he is able to communicate it and it's not just like he has a temper and he's terrible it's like this is yep. happening and he's also learning to control it Yay. It's, I don't know, I think it's it's actually handled pretty nicely, so I don't find this as problematic as I initially did. Yeah. Of course, I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so he parallel parks Also, perfectly. wait, hold on, also, <laughs> okay. like, just a last, <laughs> a last bit of that, but it's also, like, one of the most valid things to get murderously angry about. That's the other thing. Is that that's, that's the other true. note I put? Is that... Yes, clearly he has these problems with his anger. But also, thank God he's murderously angry, right? Like, mm -hmm. thank God he's, he's not just like, ugh, that sucked. He's angry at the right thing. Yeah, and so even though, you know, in intense anger isn't a good thing, at least he's, like, outraged at something that is valid to be outraged about. Like, who knows That's what they would have done. That's true, because he's not angry at her in any way. He's angry at them. Yeah, I think so, she thinks that he might be angry yep. at her at first, and he definitely, you know, 
releases some of that onto her when he talks about that she's always in trouble in some way. Um, But clearly he's angry at these people and not at her. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. That was the other thing I forgot to say about that. (laughs) I'm glad that you said it because you're right. He is murderously angry at the right thing. Yep. So, anyway, like I was going to say, he parallel parks perfectly, which is... (gasps) proof which is that wild. he can't be human yeah it's like uh, obviously he's a vampire because he knows how to parallel park even though he's 17 <laughs> which is just so that's the funniest one so far it's great he arrives at the italian restaurant that which he's... is called la bella italia yeah which is the most lame name i know for an italian restaurant I the know. beautiful italy ding like stupid <laughs> it even has her name in it oh bella how cute so she meets up with jessica and angela again and as soon as they see edward jessica's just like suspicious about it <laughs> like mm-hmm. did you ditch us to go hang out with your boy which i get you know yeah, it's valid. supposed to be a girl's day did you go ditch us to hang out with you know your potential boyfriend not cool so she doesn't explain what happened to them at all she just says that they ran into each other which, you know, it's the trauma. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, hopefully she'll be able to, like, talk to them about it later, but I definitely don't think she needs to, like, tell them. Like, no. I was followed by four men. <laughs> like, that's not something you have, to, you have to do 30 minutes after it happens. You know what's wild, though, is the fact that Angela says they already ate while they were waiting for her. <laughs> Which is, oh my goodness. They were just like, damn, our friend is missing. Mm, I'm hungry, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Okay, I, I, I think this fine. is this is really just Steph trying to get them out of the way so we can get some Bella Edward one on one time. One hundred and ten percent, and it was super sloppy, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I love here is Edward is saying like, no, like I think you should eat something. I'm gonna take you to dinner and drive her home. Like, don't don't wait for us. And no, Jessica says uh, that's no problem. I guess. But she looks to Bella to check if that's what the answer that Bella wanted. Like, does she want her friends right. to get her out of this? Or is she okay with this happening? And I really like this because that's totally, like, girl code. Is like, yeah. do you want me to get you out of this? Or are you good with that idea? And Bella winks at her. <laughs> she Which wanted like, nothing yes, more than to be friendship. alone with my perpetual savior. And I'm like, get it, girl. Do it. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Which is that vampire dick. Anyway. Really funny because they leave and then right afterwards she's like, No, I'm actually not hungry. And then he try he insists and opens the door and then she walks in with a resigned sigh. And I'm like, weren't you like three paragraphs ago saying you just wanted to be alone with your perpetual savior and now you're sighing about it? Okay, I know. Bella. Ugh. The mood swings. And, and again, again, this whole ugh, I have to eat. Yeah. Which I think I'm gonna keep bringing up because it's like this huge thing and like with just like the teenage girls of eating disorders within teenage girls like that's very stressful to me (laughs) that that is so highly represented and also we talked about it saying her specific weight and Mm -hmm. i this just really worries me because i'm thinking about people teenage girls reading this in 2005 and getting all these signs and being like, oh, so is this what I do? Or this is a hero of a book I really like, and she does this, so it's okay. Yeah, like the idea that like somehow you're, you know, 
it's easier to talk to a guy or hang out with him, like, as long as you don't eat something, like, oh, I'm too yeah. nervous to eat around him, oh, we're on a date, I don't want to eat anything, you know, it just plays into all of that, and, like, the whole, like, oh, like, going on a date and just getting a salad and, like, not finishing it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's yikes. At least later she gets ravioli, which is a god-tier choice. <laughs> Love oh, ravioli. Boy. The ravioli. <laughs> so they get seated, and... She Everyone's him. obsessed with him. Yeah, she accuses him of having that effect on people, which we did talk about. And mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, I dazzle people. I, I dazzle people? And he says, do I dazzle you? And she admits, frequently. And so this line, do I dazzle you, and frequently, was quoted so much i swear it was everywhere on like every social media it was printed on t-shirts like so overquoted just these two lines do i dazzle you frequently as like the epitome of romance i don't know (laughs) that's that's hilarious because i've never seen that before the now (laughs) like i have never even heard of that i mean of course i am you know slightly the generation after like i think i definitely just missed it by a little bit yep but at the same time, it's like, I didn't know that. I thought it was funny, and I thought it was like, oh, this is such a, this type of series line. But yeah, that's so is. funny that it is, like, basically, like, the always. It's the iconic line. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the always of Twilight. Oh my and, like, God. the not all oh those who God. wander are lost of Tolkien. <laughs> like, where oh, it's... my God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, even I quoted it as, like, something to squeal about. And I'm not squealing about it now, to be honest. I'm just like, okay. I totally rolled my eyes at this point. This is one of the points points where I was like, oh, I can get why this would have been great if I was 15. But right now mm-hmm. I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. So he's, like, actually really nice about this because he's double-checking how she feels. Like, he's expecting her to go into shock, which, yeah, valid. Uh, good job on you, Eddie, taking care of her. Yeah, and um, he, he waits for her to order her Coke first yep. so that he can get her a second one because clearly he isn't going to eat anything because yeah. vampire. Mm-hmm. And so she does get the uh mushroom ravioli which (laughs) i had to point out because i literally wrote the fucking mushroom ravioli so the reason i have such an issue with this mushroom ravioli is because this apparently iconic whole first date is referenced in every piece of twilight fan fiction that's (laughs) ever been written and yes i am admitting that i delved very deep into the twilight fan fiction in high school (laughs) And every single one, no matter what universe it was, no matter if they were doing, like, a college AU or, like, they were humans, whatever the case, every first date had Bella having mushroom ravioli. Oh my like, goodness. she couldn't order anything else. The iconic mushroom ravioli. And I'm like, is this the important part you took away from this, like, first date? <laughs> is the mushroom ravioli? And there's even one that I remember where instead, as a, you know, a wink-wink to Twilight... She got a mushroom pizza. Oh my goodness. <sighs> anyway, so that's that on the mushroom ravioli. Yeah, that's, I can see how that is a lot and the worst. <laughs> but, you know, good for her on getting a, a proper meal. Good job. Uh, so he gives her his jacket, which... which uh, okay, listen. Listen. Mm-hmm. Listen. I'm mad because Edward's wearing a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. And I think that turtlenecks are one of the most attractive things that any guy could wear. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, 
why is he dressed so hot right now? This is not fair. I know, because I was just like, god damn it, this book just got me. It totally yeah. just got me, because it is such, like, that dark academia that is mm-hmm. so attractive and also very, like, you know, vampire. It makes sense. Yep. But I was just like, like, all Damn it, Steph. Oh, I was just like, oh, she got me. So, she got me. And of course it's a very simple thing, but it's just like the turtleneck no, sweater and the know, light and beige leather jacket. The way she describes it as, it fit him snugly, emphasizing how muscular his chest was, and I'm like, it's a well-fitted ivory turtleneck, I'm in love. Yeah, it's it's pretty much exactly like, you know, like Chris Evans and Knives Out, where he just like wears oh my a God, yes! sweater and everyone freaks out. Oh, <laughs> you're so right! Holy shit! Yes, that energy is what I need in my life. Truly. Oh, calm down. Get you a man who wears turtlenecks and yep. sweaters. <laughs> yeah. So she takes the jacket, and she notices that the jacket itself is cold, the way her jacket feels when she first picks it up in the morning, and it's been hanging in the drafty hallway. Vampire uh, lore. Yep. Cold. But also it smelled amazing. So, ah. not cologne, just smelled amazing. So she likes the way this vampire smells. What does nice. a vampire smell like? I don't know. Apparently good. Oh, and then he compliments her. That color blue looks lovely with your skin. Which, I don't know. I just kind of like that. Yeah. Just He's nice. not always, you know, a cheeky bastard. He sometimes is genuine. Yeah. And he's, again, force, forcing food towards her. Take the bread basket. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, ugh, you wouldn't even need to ask me. No. There's I'm a bread basket in front thing. of me. I'm eating it now. <laughs> Gone in two seconds. Flat. <laughs> And she has an interesting comment, which I wanted to talk to you about because we've had this conversation briefly. She says, usually you're in a better mood when your eyes are so light. And he stares at her, stunned. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. And she says, you're always crabbier when your eyes are black. I expect it then. I have a theory about that. <laughs> uh, so just reminded me of you because you were the same way <laughs> where you're like, oh, like, you know, his eyes are lighter. That must mean maybe he's drank blood recently. Right. So, so he's cheerier. Mm-hmm. Not as hungry. Yeah, you're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> you just need a Snickers. This podcast is sponsored by Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Mm, the dream. We're not sponsored by anybody. We're sponsored by me and my laptop. I think we're sponsored by, like, Lauren and Jess. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, sponsored by Lauren and Jess. Shout out to you guys. Yep. <laughs> and then there's that cute little moment where they realize they've been unconsciously leaning toward each other yeah. because they have to straighten up when they talk to the waitress again. All these cute little first date sort of moments. Yeah. And so she's trying to uh, ask him more questions as this has now kind of become their thing, whenever they have a conversation, it's just a series of back-and-forth questions about They each don't other. know how to just chill. <laughs> yeah, which, like, on one hand, I get it, because when you're getting to know someone, you do ask questions, but I feel like also a huge part of it is just talking about a certain topic and just having a conversation, not, what are you, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Why do you think that? Like, it's, it's very, it's still very, uh, in- interrogation feeling. Mm-hmm. He lets up on the mind reading thing way too so easily. So fast. Yeah. He is almost as bad as Jacob at this point. <laughs> Listen, it's not about the mystery, it's about the romance. I'm we so need sick to of make it. it there faster. I want intrigue. <laughs> Without spoilers, there will be intrigue throughout the series. It's just not going to be about 
whether vampires are real or not. That's fair. You know what? You got to get that out of the way eventually so that you can get into, like, the real I, stuff. I don't know, like the inter-vampire drama. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I feel like when vampires are already such iconic parts of pop culture at this point in time, if you're writing about vampires, it's no longer interesting for the whole thing to be about finding out about vampires. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I just think that we've been there, done that. We need to get the vampire lore out of the way so we can get to the hot stuff <laughs> and other stuff. Of course. And, you know, the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's trying to ask him questions and. He wants to know what her theories are, as usual, and she says, I'll tell you if, and he's already like, there's conditions, <laughs> which is funny, and I'm like, good for you, Bella, start setting some limits here. Exactly. So she says, okay, like, I'll tell you my theory if you answer some of my questions, and the first thing she just asks is, why are you here? And he's like, nope, next, <laughs> which is hilarious. I'm, I, I just, I would like to know now. I didn't care until he said next, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it could have been anything innocuous of just like, oh, you know, I actually had to pick up something from the bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be anything. Like, it's it's an hour away. It's not unreasonable to go an hour away from a small town to do errands. So it could have been. But the fact that he doesn't want to answer immediately makes it interesting. So they get into this hypothetical conversation, which I just find the whole premise of hilarious because it's, what's the point of doing it hypothetically at all? Because like you said, he's he's just dropping that shit he's right he's not hiding anything so it's let's say hypothetically that someone could know what people are thinking read minds with a few exceptions and of course he goes just one exception he corrected hypothetically like he's not even playing it up he's just like no no there's only one exception but continue on with your scenario it's really funny too because he can't help but boost himself up a little bit by being like, no, 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 there aren't a few. It's literally just one, okay? I can read almost everyone's mind. No, it's I'm just really one. good at this, okay? I swear. Like, this doesn't happen all the time, I swear. This has never happened before. Oh my god. <laughs> it's okay, Edward. It happens to all men sometimes. <laughs> and you, I mean, he is a few hundred years old, so. Mm, getting up there, Get age. some Viagra. Do they make Viagra for vampires? Interesting. Interesting. We found our next business plan. <laughs> yeah, to market to all the vampires we know. Yeah, I mean, it might be more than we think. Maybe. Uh, apparently they're all in Washington, though. Damn, that sucks. So she asks, you know, valid questions, which I think are all interesting. How does it work? Are there limitations? How do you find someone at the right time? How would he know that she was in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> right. And she says, let's call him Joe. <laughs> this, whole pre like, this whole premise is so funny to me. Because, like, what's the point of even doing this? But, it's like, all stop right. trying. You literally... It's it's so you, dumb because it literally just happened. <laughs> yeah, you literally just answered the question about if there's only one exception to the rule, which means the rule exists in the first place. But, so he admits that Joe could be paying attention and then the timing wouldn't have to be exact. Uh, and Which is weird. I don't yeah. really necessarily get that. Like, I guess he can tell that the lead up is happening because he can read the thoughts of people. So he can read, like that the lead-up is going to happen? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's really funny 
as well. I just keep laughing at this. I'm I find this whole chapter has so many funny moments, <laughs> which is weird, but maybe it's just their conversations. Their conversations are always funny. Mm-hmm. But he says, I don't know if I have a choice anymore uh, about trusting her. <laughs> he says, I was wrong. You're much more observant than I gave you credit for. Which is <laughs> like, yeah, no kidding. We've spent the whole book so far watching her obsess over him. Yeah, it's like, mm, Edward, we know. Have you been reading the book? <laughs> yeah, Edward, you're not paying attention well enough because she's been constantly thinking about you and staring at you. It, yeah, she's really not hiding it in the slightest. No, not at all. <sighs> but then he, uh, of course, says she's a magnet for trouble, not just for accidents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that anything dangerous within a 10-mile radius will invariably find her. Which makes me think, is that, is this just the trope of, you know, the girl just gets in trouble because she does? Or is there, like, for real, like, is there actually something up with Bella? Like, what's happening here? Because clearly there's something weird about her. The whole smelling blood thing, him not being able to read her mind. She's not as susceptible to his Mm -hmm. dazzling moments as others are. She seems to notice it a lot more. So I'm like, is this all tied together? What's happening here? (laughs) You know, that's actually an interesting question to pose. And I'm not going to comment anymore. Yeah, I don't think you should. (laughs) (laughs) So he admits that he followed her here. And he does this all in a rush, too. Yeah. It seems like he's just absolutely blurting it out, which is funny because she always talks about how she blurts out the truth mm-hmm. to him. Like, she can't help it because he seems to, like, you know, do this dazzling thing. I think she's doing the same thing to him. Oh, yeah. She looks at him with those big brown eyes and he just <laughs> can't help it. Those perky tits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, tints. <laughs> those perky tints. Okay. No, but yeah, he he says that he followed her, um, rushes out like this whole confession. He's never tried to keep a person alive before. It's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's ordinary so people funny. make it through the day without so many catastrophes. <laughs> <laughs> and she wonders if it should bother her that he was following her. Instead, she felt a strange surge of pleasure. So I wonder how you feel about this uh, confession. I do think it is, you know, a bit... Okay, it's definitely obsessive. It's definitely obsessive. Um, And I think in, like, the real world, this is terrifying. (laughs) Even if his intentions are good, stalking someone is still stalking someone. And that is, you know, without the consent of the person, obviously, who's being followed. So I think if this were in real life, this would be really scary but i think within the context of it being like a romance novel it's definitely supposed to be romantic in some way because it's like oh he cares about her so much that he'll follow her and like need to protect her all the time but i do see like because this is you know supposed to be still it's supposed to be romance that feels realistic in some way like the fantastical part is supposed to be the vampires not necessarily the romantic interaction if that makes sense mm-hmm. like i feel like you can still have a fantasy that involves vampires and werewolves and make it feel like this is how people would actually behave <laughs> right. in real life so yeah i basically had the same thoughts but here's what i realized as i was thinking more about it because i'm like this really is like a problem like anybody in the real world if they found out that even even if he's supremely hot even if he's hot 
And he says, I actually followed you here because I was afraid you would get in trouble, so I wanted to make sure I could protect you if anything at all happened. Right. It still is, it sets off, like, a hundred warning bells because you're like, you know, I'm I'm independent, I can take care of myself, like, who are you to say that you have to follow me, like, I didn't ask for this. So those are all the thoughts that I'm having. And she's also so combative, especially with him, so I'm shocked (laughs) that she doesn't you know, take this as an excuse to, like, spark a little argument. Yeah, because Not even back an excuse, when he's... I think it would be valid, but, like, you yeah. know. Yeah, because back when he was trying to force her to go home after the blood typing incident, she's mm-hmm. really combative there. She's like, yeah. leave me alone, I can drive myself, blah, 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 blah. So here's what I kind of think, though, is let's not look at it from our perspective. Let's really get inside Bella's head, which is where we've been living since uh, chapter one. She's not bothered by it because she's already obsessed with him in return. It's a mutual obsession. Which is, hmm, is this healthy? (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. Because uh, even though, like, this is very stalkery and a bit concerning, the whole time that Edward hasn't been around, she's been wondering where he is. When is he going to show up again? Is that his car? Maybe it's not. I'm sad that he's not here. She's just been constantly thinking about where is mm-hmm. he, where is he, where is he? So they're both thinking the same thing. So maybe they're just equally problematic and perfect <laughs> for each other. Great. You know what? You should be together. <laughs> so Y'all that's my, my thought on that is every sane person would be like, what the hell? But Bella's already too far gone and obsessed with him. So for her, she's like, oh, I wasn't the crazy one obsessing over where he was. He was doing the same thing about me. Right. And I also... So because he is a supernatural creature, he is a vampire, and he actually has a way he can physically protect her and, like, notice what's happening around her and protect her in this way. Like, there is a little bit more of a validity to why he's doing this. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, you have to take it also in the context of that. Like, he actually can protect her. Like... He's capable of doing that. and He's not just some fuckboy being like, I want to protect you, but it's really under the guise of just being with her 24-7. Right, and being a man, like... (laughs) Yeah, no, like, Edward's like, no, like, I actually have the ability to make sure that nothing happens, and I'm gonna use that because I'm worried about you. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's actually kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say valid because it's still, like, it's still Mm -hmm. obsession, but... He is acting out of the sense that, like, no, he really does know how to protect her and is trying to actively do that because he's a vampire. Yes. Which is really funny. (laughs) So then they have this little conversation about if maybe her number was up, like, as in, like, she was already doomed. Yeah, it's like Final Destination. Like, once you save from death, death is going to come find you no matter what because your number is already up. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he says that her number's up the first time they met each other. Which, mm-hmm. I need to know why he thought she was so stinky. <laughs> I need to know. Ah! I mean, what else could he be smelling? Uh, Blood? <laughs> Maybe. He is a vampire. <laughs> that's fair. That's a, that's a fair point. But I... Mm. No, it's more than that, right? Because he's around people all the time. Yeah. So maybe something's wrong with her. Who there knows? Is, there is this growing sense that something's wrong with Bella. Yes, Whether... I mean, for many reasons. <laughs> for many reasons. Yeah, but I guess I didn't really realize until now, like, until, like, literally this conversation, that, like, the way he... 
I thought he sort of meant, like, your number was that the first time I met you was sort of, like, I'm dangerous, so mm-hmm. blah, 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 but maybe it's, like, no, nah, you're, you're, there's something wrong with you physically. You're dying or something like that. I mean, I don't know, but, Edward like, can smell I, the cancer and it stinks. Exactly. Like, I'm like, what is happening here? So now I'm kind of scared. Maybe that's why <laughs> Carlisle is such a good doctor. <gasps> wow. That would be cool. I don't know. We're going to find out. disease. We sure are. <laughs> um, I like this part just because, you know, we've been talking about how Bella always refuses to eat. And so in order to finally get her to eat, he's like, okay, I'll answer all your questions. You eat. (laughs) In that, she immediately starts eating again. She's like, oh, he's finally going to talk to me. Okay, now I'll eat. And I'm like, good. Really crunching down on that mushroom ravioli. Uh, Yes. Mushroom ravioli. (laughs) So he just goes right in. Like, there's no more hiding. Here's how mind reading works. (laughs) Yeah, and he really just lays it out. Like, he's Mm -hmm. like, did that surprise you? This is what it is. It did, but then I remembered the conversation that we had where it was like, we have to get into the actual plot and not just vampires <laughs> exist. So I was like, oh, mm, it's probably fine. Um, but I do think, I mean, he's not much better than Jacob right here, where he's yeah. just explaining the entirety of like how this works and how, you know, he is to a person who definitely shouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't really explain, like, the whole proximity thing. He just says, oh, it's easier to listen to people if I've heard them before. It sounds like if he knows someone, he can just really, like, send his his brain waves out there to find them from, like, a distance away, which is pretty powerful mind reading. Like, if you're just like, Jessica, I remember exactly what her thoughts sound like. Where is she? And then the waves go out and he's like, ah, she's at this restaurant. I know Mm -hmm. now. But it totally makes sense, um, like, then why he could hear her, you know, talking mm-hmm. to Tyler and whatever mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. other car. This all is making a lot more sense because he's clearly like, I can hear super far. No, but, like, super far. Yeah. And also when they're not actually talking. <laughs> yeah. So it really, like, if you want to reflect back on all the previous chapters now, it's really funny because he's making all these, either he's laughing or he's frowning. It's always because he's hearing other people's reactions to stuff mm-hmm. and like being like, oh, Tyler's ask- Tyler wants to ask Bella out. I'm going to pull my car out in front of her <laughs> so she can't move. And then I'm going to listen to him asking her out so I can hear what happens. <laughs> what a oh little shit. <laughs> I know. <sighs> and with everybody, like there were mentions of him like staring really intensely at Bella and mm-hmm. as you know he's admitted he can't hear her so that's right. like him going what the fuck is this girl like does she have no thoughts like is this bitch like brain empty, empty. no thoughts <laughs> <laughs> truly nothing going on like I yeah get there's it. nothing there me too <laughs> i'm a music major there's nothing in here <laughs> truly a relatable protagonist oh yeah he admits that he can hear like what the like rapey creepy guys were thinking which really does explain why he was so angry it's not just like oh like they were about to do something he's like no i know what they wanted to Mm -hmm. do i could see what they were picturing so like ugh. yeah and he also notices that even before like he really knows that something's actually wrong with her he was weirdly anxious Mm -hmm. um so he clearly is somehow like in tune with her and what's happening because i mean maybe it was just because 
you know, he didn't know where she was, and that stressed him out because he's been stalking her. (laughs) But it also (laughs) seems like he was sort of in tune with her that he knew that something was wrong. This is a random, uh, tiny, tiny little issue that I had, which is even smaller than the the badminton thing. (laughs) But, um... They, he asked like he asked for the check and then the waitress doesn't leave she just goes okay here you go and pulls it out from her apron oh my god and I'm like you're so right that's not how waitressing works you keep the tab open until they say that they're done you don't just have it printed and ready because what if you come back and said because she says um, how are we doing what if they decided they wanted dessert but she's already closed the check apparently because she has it ready to go Right. So this is just uh, my observation. Stephanie Meyer has never been a waitress. No, definitely not. She hasn't been a lot of things. Like no. a person who plays badminton. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even just a person who goes to school. I'm still yeah. not sure about mm. that. And so then they get in the car and he's like, now we, you can tell me your theory. And then the chapter ends. Yeah. Because of course it does. And the next chapter is aptly titled Theory. And this is where, this afternoon when I was reading this, I screamed as I angrily closed the PDF. <laughs> I was like, oh! <laughs> what a tease. I know, I was like, I want to read this so badly. And it's funny, because I've always, like, when I've been reading books and there are cliffhangers, I'm like, oh, ha ha ha, how silly, I'll just turn the page. <laughs> like, But now that I'm actually doing this, or I have to, like, record myself before I can read, read the, the next, next part. part. It's agony, and I get why they did it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's also one little thing that, just one line that I'm, I, you know, got me a little excited for upcoming, is Bella remembers about Jessica saying that she thinks they were almost to the first kiss stage with Mike. And then right. Bella sighs, because she's like, I don't, I don't think I'm there with Edward yet. But she wants to kiss him. <laughs> Now she's admitting she wants to kiss him. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, exciting for next chapter. (laughs) I am. I think he's going to have to give it up because this is going to be the ninth chapter out of 24. Like, that's a, that's definitely, like, that's over a third of the way into the Mm -hmm. book now. And obviously, as we said, this book isn't just about finding out vampires are real. So we've got to get, like, actual plot in here. Oh, I'm um, so excited for the next chapter. You have no idea. Oh, God, I'm so stressed. I also, I wonder how he's going to react. Like, if he's going to give it up, but is he going to, like, skirt around it for 17 million years? Right, because he's gonna get with, really the mind, angry? Yeah, with the mind reading, he, like, stopped playing around pretty much instantly when she called him out. Yeah, so the same way will be different. explained it, yeah. Also, like, she has to be careful about this, too, because it's an hour drive back, and she has <laughs> no other way of getting home. Yeah. And so what if he, like, gets mad at her for something and he, like, leaves her? I mean, I don't think he would. But, like, what's she supposed, what is she supposed to do? Or if it's really uncomfortable and then they're stuck in the car for another 45 minutes? Like, yeah, well, that's, like, us talking about their four-hour drive to Seattle and the four-hour drive back from oh Seattle goodness. that she oh. already agreed to way too early. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh... That was pretty much it. <laughs> cool. We did it. Wow, I'm so excited to read more. (laughs) Thanks, y'all, for listening. Yay! Bye! Bye! (laughs) Thanks for listening to Unbitten. If you want to get in contact with us, follow us on our new Twitter, at UnbittenPod. And for now, 
rest is still unbitten.